is opportunity to discuss one of the halachas of Yom Tif, which are probably the most confusing. Definitely people are always asking this question. So let's learn this again from the beginning and uh, talk about how it develops from really what the halacha was and it's brought in Shulchan Aruch to all the practical questions that come today. And now it's the sugya of second day Yom Tif. As we know, Midaraisa, the Torah, he talks about one day of Pesach at the beginning and the end, one day of Shavuos, and one day of Sogos, one day of Simchus And Chutz we know that everyone keeps two days. The truth is, even Rosh Hashanah, as far as the Torah is concerned, is only one day, and there, across the world, everyone keeps two days. So what's the reason? What's the reason that there's a second day of Yom Tif and Chutz and why isn't there the same reason there is Israel? And well, what... One of the differences between Yom Tov Rishon and Yom Tov Shani, and then the big question: At what stage does a person consider that he's chayv in one day, and at what stage does a person consider that he's chayv in two days? So that's a very interesting thing. There's the well-known explanation of Yom Tov Shani, and I want to tell you tonight a second pshat which is brought down from the Goyim, which is much less known. The well-known mahalach of Yom Tov Shani is that being as based on the heads of the side in which Kodesh was. Right, we didn't have a calendar. So whenever the witnesses came to base and they told us we saw the moon, we said, great, we saw the moon, today is Rosh And if no witnesses came tomorrow, it's Rosh And now, the, being as the Yom Tov, will work on days after Rosh Chodesh. So for example, the 15th of the month is Pesach, the 1st of the month is Rosh Hashanah, the 10th of the month is Yom Kippur. So it makes a big difference when the month started to know when Rosh Chodesh was going to be, when Rosh Chodesh was, to know when the Yom Tov were going to fall. So now that based in Yerushalayim have decided when to make Rosh Chodesh, how are we going to inform everybody? Right? We didn't have a calendar, so how are we going to inform the whole of Klai Yisrael uh, when, when, when Rosh Chodesh is? So based on that, a very primitive, so to speak, at the time at least, a way of notifying Klai Yisrael, and the mission says in Shavu Rosh Hashanah, that someone used to, at the night, the next night, when based on Rosh Chodesh, someone used to go up to the top of the mountain next to Shalom Harazesim, he used to make like a little bonfire, except he used to attach it to a stick, he used to wave it around. That everyone could see it from the night on, they saw fire dancing around in the sky. And they would have sentinels on the next mountain, Sabbat, Grafina, Achovan, the whole way up of Eretz Israel, and each one would watch, and he could see the fire on the next mountain, he would wave the same thing and wave a torch, and there would be like a relay system, which in a few minutes could pass the message all the way through Eretz Israel. Right? As far as the person can see, he lights his torch, the person sees him, and it went the whole way through Eretz Israel. And everyone would know straight away when based the made the Chodesh. At that stage, there was no need to be Shani. Because as far as as far as we needed the, the news to spread, the news would spread. The Gemara goes as far as saying it would go the whole way through Babel. As far as people lived. And they just had to have sentinels along the way until it went the whole way to Babel. Now that's pretty far. Right? We're talking about Babel of today as being Iraq. It's a few, maybe a thousand kilometers. But with the system, as long as there were enough people en route to pass the message and we'll get there. Right. The problem was that the system lent itself to being corrupted. Why? Because everyone's waiting for Sensen on the previous mountain to see is he going to is he going to like wave the torch to Shoshkhadesh. And therefore if somebody wanted to send the wrong signal it's very easy to do that. Right? Because all you need to do is stand on one of the mountains and wave the signal and then everybody down the line will make a mistake and think that's the Shoshkhadesh sign. When it might not have been. And especially in the time of the second person of English, when it's Tokim, we were doing everything they could to try and undermine Bastin. 
So an easy way to mess up the, the basin's decisions was to inform everybody wrongly when Rosh Chodesh was, rather than everyone make a mistake. And because of that, because of that, the person decided this mahalach isn't going to work anymore. We can't trust that everyone's going to only get the right signal, and therefore they had to find a different way to send the message out to Kaddish or when Rosh Chodesh was. What's the only other option they had? They sent people to tell them. Send a messenger with official sign of Basin's logo or Basin's stamp, whatever it would be, and this is the way Rosh Chodesh. Okay, so the benefit is that it's not, you can't corrupt that because no, 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 no one else had the, the, sig- the, the signaturing or the stamp of the Basin, but the problem is it takes time. Because if you have people who are traveling, either even by horse or whatever it's going to be, but it takes time to cover distance. And especially if you're talking about those months where it's rainy and things can go slower because the roads turn to mud, right? it will take time to spread the word. And now, if you're talking about Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur is 10 days after Rosh Chodesh, and there's a Shabbos in the middle. I wanted Rosh Hashanah. So you only have actually 8 days to travel. And if that's the case, it was very likely that there will be places which wouldn't find out in time, you know, which day is Yom Tov. It's the day of tomorrow. Now what are we going to do? Yom Tov is the race. Right? So we only have one of two options. Because the month can either be 30 days or, 30, or 29 days in the Jewish month. And therefore, there's only one or two options. Because the previous month, you have already a whole month to tell people, so they would know about that already. But the month which has just happened now, right, the information has been spread. So it's either the you know, was the, 20, the 30th day, or the was the 31st day. So people didn't know. And because they didn't know, therefore, the halacha was they had to keep both days in Suffolk. Maybe today is the right maybe tomorrow is Yom Tov. So those places where they knew it was not Suffolk. Based on the Shliach of the Rabbin told them, if that's the case, they could keep the right day because they knew when it was. Those places that didn't know had to keep up. Right? And that's why everywhere has to keep days of Shoshana. Because the Shoshana is that day. It's Rosh Chodesh. So if Basin decides, let's say today, that the Adam came to days of Rosh Chodesh, how's everyone going to know? And therefore, everyone had a Suffolk, is Rosh Chodesh going to be today? Is Rosh Hashanah going to be tomorrow? Which is why even in Israel, everybody has to keep two days of Shoshana, except for obviously the Basin themselves, because they were the ones who decided now it's Shoshana, they knew where Shoshana was. So that's why there was a takana for keeping two days everywhere, um, distant enough, everywhere distant enough that it wasn't for sure that the messengers would reach there. If that's the case, there was a real suffix. Now, what comes out of this way of learning, which is, like I said, clearly the way the Gemara understood by the Babi and the way the Rishonim understand, is three interesting questions. Question number one is, so where's the, where's the area, where's the limits of the place that the basin sheikh would get to and they would know it to keep one day? And where's beyond that and now they have to keep two days? Right? Where, where, where's the cutoff point? So here's the Machlech Yishonim. The same Machlech Yishonim will say that Eretz Yishra. Eretz Yishra. Eretz was that, that the way Basin was. And therefore, even though in some parts of Israel which are further or nearer, but we, we can assume that the, the Shlech of Basin managed to get to the, the furthest point in Eretz Yishrael. Uh, out of Eretz Yishrael, not necessarily. And therefore, if Basin had to make, if they had to make a rule Chazal, where yes and where no, Eretz Yisrael was one day because we'd assume the Shlech would reach there. Out of Eretz Yisrael was two days because we assume the Shlech wouldn't reach there. Now that's not accurate. Right? Because there's some parts of Chutzar which are nearer than some parts of Eretz Yisrael. For example, if you're going to go from here to Jordan, it's not that far. It's not that far. To get to the north of Eretz Yisrael will take you longer right, than to drive to Amman or to wherever it is, which is out of Eretz Yisrael. So what you have to say is, and this is what the Ritva says, the Ritva says is, yeah, it was ba- they made the rule based on the road. Most places in Israel could be reached within the amount of time they needed to tell them about Yom Tov. 
Most places in Chutzlaris couldn't be reached. So I made the rule, Eretz Yisrael, one day, Chutzlaris two days. The Rambam reads differently. The Rambam says that there's no rule of Chutzlaris in Eretz Yisrael. It depends where you are. And therefore, those places which the Shliach wouldn't reach in time would have to keep two days, even if it happens to be a place in Eretz Yisrael. But if it was a place which was very distant or hard to get to, and therefore the Shliach wouldn't get there in time, if that's the case, it has to keep two days. Right. And therefore, the Rambam will talk about a much smaller area which keeps one day than the Ritva. Because according to the Rambam, we have, it will only be those places in Eretz Yisrael which we knew for sure that the Shliach would get to in time. Not the whole of Eretz Yisrael. And according to Ritva, no, once they made a rule for Eretz Yisrael, would apply the whole of Eretz Yisrael. So that's the first point. Now, obviously here in Yerushalayim it doesn't apply to us because this is where the best in work. And therefore, if anybody would know when the best in would convey the din, right? Here in Yerushalayim, we would know straight away. But places near Yerushalayim also wouldn't be so much of a shayla. The shayla between the two opinions would be like more far-flung places. Maybe the Golan, maybe the, the, the south of the Negev, or places like that, where there would be like a shayla, that even if it's called Eretz Yisrael, maybe the shlichah wouldn't get there. Okay, so that's our first point. Now the question is, what about today? Today with the Today with a car you can get there. Today with a, more than that, right? What's going to be in the future? Right, when, right now we have a calendar. So let me just go to one more point. The Gemara says, and we'll ask the questions about today. Right now, no one's, there's no base, in, and therefore no one's paskening when Rosh is based on witnesses coming. There's no base to accept the witnesses today. Therefore, what we're relying on, we're relying on the set calendar. And if we're relying on the set calendar, then if that's the case, there's no spikers anymore. We can look and look it up now. When Shkhoj is going to be in 30 years' time, it's all written already. And if that's the case, why do you need to keep two days? There's no suffix. If everything's decided and everything's clear, there's no reason for two days. The Gemara asks the question. The Gemara says, why do you need to keep two days today? We know exactly where Shkhoj is going to be. Right? It's, it's, all, it's all already predicted. And the Gemara says, you're right. Mina Gavisek. In other words, Chazal decided that because they used to keep two days in Chazal, we're not going to change that. The Mina remains. The main agreements, and now this is a very important point in Halacha, because now we're going to ask two very important questions. The first one is, what status does this minag have? In other words, when in the olden days they used to keep two days because they really didn't know, so it was a sophic. A sophic is today yontov or is tomorrow yontov, right? It's either one or the other. Definitely not both. Today, when we don't have any sophic, we know what yontov is. So then, if that's the case, the two days aren't sophic. Is it today or tomorrow? Today is the day of a minag. And therefore, what's nafkamina going to be? Many times in the halacha, the Gemara says that because it's a sophic, a person can do something either the first day or the second day. Because one of them is not yantif. Right? So for example, one of many examples, the halacha is that an egg which is laid on yantif is also for that day. Now, says the Gemara, if an egg is laid on the first day yantif, you can eat it on the second day yantif. Why? Manafshah. If yesterday is yomtuf, today is fine. It's not yomtuf. If yesterday wasn't yomtuf, then the egg wasn't on yomtuf. Oh, it's both days yomtuf. Yeah, either or. It's a suffix. One day is yomtuf, one day is not. Right? What about today? Today is not a suffix anymore. Today we know which day is yomtuf, but we're keeping a minak in Chutzlar. So if that's the case, maybe the rule is different. That's our first question. Second question. What's going to be lasted lovely? What's going to be lasted lovely when the message is rebuilt and said it will come back? So we would think, we have no problem. What's going to be? We'll go back to the base thing, listening to the witnesses, and I think wants them to do, and deciding when Rishchodesh is based on the testimony. And now here's the question. How are Beis going to tell everybody when they decide when Rishchodesh is? No problem. It's in the Nima. 
That's right? kaiyisrael.com. And you tell them that we made Rosh Chodesh. What's the big deal? Right? We have no problem telling people very rapidly today what they decided. And if that's the case, will there still be a need for two days yomtif in the future? The chayr lefi this for a no. The whole reason that the two days came about is because of a, a, a problem that we had, and then we didn't know when the Rosh Chodesh was. But now there's no problem. So that's all good if the reason was a suffix. But if it's going to, if it's actually keeping today second and yomtif because of a minak, because of a minak, if that's the case, are we going to change that minak? Which means even if we don't need for it anymore, but just like today, there's no need for it. We know when second day yomtif is. We know when the first day is. And which, which is the real yamta. But we may not we keep, we may not we keep. Okay, so that's uh, the first question we're going to discuss. The second question. What happened to Yom Kippur? So we see that at the first two questions. First, then is what about Yom Kippur? I think guys in Chosla should keep two days Yom Kippur. Why? If you don't know when Sukkot is, how do you know when Yom Kippur is? It's the same question. So why, why isn't the second day Yom Kippur? They should be, no? Because maybe it's not circus. Why did it Maybe it's not Yom What's the answer? What's the answer? The answer is that the MS, you're right, there should be. Chazal wouldn't talk to because Chazal didn't think you would be able to do it. Right? To fast 48 hours straight is not easy. And uh, it's hard enough to fast one Yom right? And therefore, it's true that there would be a, a, a reason, reason to do it. But the matter you know, to keep the circus, I'm sure this is easy. It's great. Tudors and Kippur is very hard. And therefore, Chazal were prepared to rely on the fact that we probably know which the right day of Yom Tov is, even in Chosleret, and therefore no one keeps Tudors and Kippur. However, the Gemara tells stories of places when they were still relying on the basin to decide which day Rosh Chodesh was, and they kept one day Yom Kippur, and then at towards the end of Yom Kippur, the Shriach Aram saying, guys, tomorrow's Yom Kippur. So tomorrow's Yom Kippur, we've been fasting all day. Okay, too bad. Basin made them an extra day. They have to fast an extra day. Which means if they would know that the real day is tomorrow, they'd have to fast. Then they do that's Yom Kippur. Right? But today, because we don't work with that, we work with the, with the, we already know when the real Kippur is, which is what we keep. The Minak, the Minak we didn't apply to two days, to two days in Kippur, just because it's too hard for people to do. Next question. Why is it two days Shavuos? Shavuos isn't a date. Shavuos is 50 days after Pesach. So Pesach is the 15th of Nisa, and maybe I didn't know when Pesach was meant to be. Wish that was the 15th. Okay, we need to keep two. But Shavuos, we know, we know when Pesach, but now we're three months later, we know exactly when Pesach was. We counted 50 days, the 50 days of Shavuos. Right? We don't have to have a date for Shavuos, we have to have a day. We don't know which day Pesach started. By now we know. Then we didn't know. But two, we told him three months later. So now we would know when Pesach was. So ask the Chassam Sofer, why have two days Shavuos? Right? It would be enough to have one day Shavuos because it's, it's, it's partial to us when Shavuos is. So the Chassam Sofer, you're right. If as, as far as Fekas goes, we know something about Shavuos. Maybe that's not like a So why do we keep two days? Because once Chazal made this minag, that in Chazal to keep two days yantav, it applies across the board to every yantav. Now, what does this din of second yantav apply to? This is an important point. What does the din of second yantav apply to? Why am I asking the question? Because some things we keep for two days and some things we don't. Right? For example, when it comes to keeping an extra yantav, great, keep two days. When it comes to not doing milachah for the second day and davening yantav, davening, Yes, we don't have enough, we don't have time. It comes to Seder night, second Seder. What about two days in Chostar? We keep an extra day on Tuesday. One of our coffers, both days. If, we, if we're trying to double up on everything, right? To do it twice, why don't we do this in Chostar twice? Now, the last time Chostar, we do 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 our coffers, both days. But what's, what's the reason why it's not brought in Halacha? They're doing it as, a, as extra, as, a, as an extra thing to do. Why is it brought in Halacha? 
somebody asked another question, and that is, when it comes to Sirisa Aimeh, so Chosah is why don't we count? Today is number one or number two of the Aimeh. Today is number two or number three of the Aimeh. No one does that. We count based on when Pesach is the first day, we count based on that. No one's going to come after the after, uh, second Seder and say, well, maybe today was actually the number one, maybe today's actually number two. You don't double up on the counting. Right? So when the, what's the rule? When yes and when no? So the rule is like this. The rule is anything which is a bit of the racer, and there's a topic about that, we're going to have to do it again. Because maybe, maybe this is a deraiser. So if it refers to keeping Yantaf, it's a deraiser. We have to keep it two days. If it refers to Seder night, eating matzah, Haggadah, deraiser, if it's two days. The things to just mean hogim, so it's only a minute. So we do it the main day, and other day we don't care about it. It's not, we don't have to do it twice. Therefore, Simchos Torah isn't a mitzvah deraiser. The whole Simchos Torah is maybe a minag, maybe a takana, maybe. You're asking very good. I'll get in a moment. So Simchos Torah is only a minag, and then we don't do it twice. What about Hanel? Hanel on Yom Tov is, whenever Yom Tov is, Hanel is the takana, is the ikaradin. And therefore, whenever the Yom Tov would be, we have to do Hanel with it. But extra things from Minhag, we don't do. Sphere Sa'im Bizman Azeh, we pass Nakhle Shalom Hal Sa'im Midrabon. If that's the case, we don't have to be Machmir to do a double Sphere Sa'im. Do one Sphere Sa'im is good enough. What about the. Machlaikis. Most person holds Bizman Azeh Sirabon. Right. Now, what about staying up Shores Night? So, if you had just told you. There's no mitzvah to stay up Shurus night. For anybody who's wondering about this, so there's no mitzvah. Oh. I'm saying again, there's no chiyuf. If a person wants to sleep Shurus night, that's fine. Ella what? Where did the whole thing come from? To stay up Shurus night? It comes from the Zohar. The Zohar says that Shimon and Islam used to stay up Shurus night. They made a big deal out of it. We were preparing for Batman Torah. There's a midrash which says that it was to Metak in the fact that Kaya Shal overslept Shurus morning and therefore stay up the night. And these are all very nice Kabbalistic things. Especially when Narizal also throws in that if a person learns the whole night and doesn't waste time, he's guaranteed that he'll live the whole year. Right? Fine. But it doesn't mean you just stayed awake. It means you stayed awake and learned. Okay, Narizal writes. Right? He didn't waste time. Okay, so it's all good things. It's all Kabbalistic things. There's nothing wrong. It's a very nice minister. It's not. It's something which most of Kalei Israel at least tries to do. Right? Which is good. It's not a chiv. It's not a chiv. And if it's not a chiv, the chara, there's no reason to stay up both nights. Diana, you're doing this first thing of the first night. You don't have to stay up the second night. And if, even if a person is keeping to the first, it's not to step before you go to stay up the first night, the second night, there's no reason to stay up. So, how come many people stay up the second night? Oh, so, where does it come from, the minutes of the second night? Because of the story which happens. Where does it come from? It comes from the story which happens. And the story which happened was that at the time of the Beis Yosef, they had a group of Islamidim, and they were staying up the first night, and uh, a Malach came to talk to them. It's a very interesting story. And the Malach told them to be Shazik and learning, and they should try harder and, and learn more. And they, were, they thought this was such a great thing, and they're going to set the second night and then again. Which they did, and they set up the second night, and the Malach came back to the second time. So and I gave them more chesed. Wasn't Shavuz anymore. Uh, yeah, but uh, they didn't think it would come back again. So from there it became the Indian of staying up two nights, because we see the Beit Yosef did that. But like I said, there's no reason for it. If you want to, Matar, it's always good. The guys want to set it down. It's fantastic. There's no Indian to it. It's only a Milak. And therefore, just like we don't have two Simchas stories, we don't have to stay both nights. And Rabbi Nath is also from the Zohar. You don't have to. Yes. The one time a night, the one time we would lay the night a year, it's actually a mitzvah with the race that's there, is the Pesach. Because the mitzvah says it's Mitzrayim, and the more a person speaks, the more he's doing the mitzvah. And therefore the mitzvah is that if a person would spend the whole night, like the Chachom and the Haggadah, talking about Sibir says Mitzrayim, 
That's great. He's done a more of a mitzvah than Isa. And therefore, if a person wants to know which natural is that really Lel Pesach. However, on Lel Pesach, the halacha is that a person should only stay up until he gets too tired. Until he gets too tired and then go to sleep. Why is it? Why, why go to sleep? So I heard from Mr. Gizrahi and Mr. Hanim said, right? He says, because a person is a mitzvah that Isa Simchus Yom Tov. So if a person is happy to stay up and it's Kishmak and it's a good sogi and it's a nice discussion, good. And I guess the stage a person is really not happy. It's hard for him and he's falling asleep and he has to force himself to stay awake and it's like, he's not enjoying it anymore. Go to sleep. Simchus Yom Tov is the Raisa. And therefore the same would apply. That applies to the Al-Pesar of the Pesar of the also. If a person enjoys staying up and it's a massive and there's lots of refreshments and it's, it's, enjoy, it's, it's kishmak, feels good about himself afterwards, wonderful. But if a person is really not enjoying it and it's hard for him and he has a headache and he feels dizzy and whatever it is, it's simchus yomtav. If it's interfering with simchus yomtav, that's also a derisive. And if that's the case, it's a hard better to sleep. You're not simchus yomtav is more important than staying up. Simchus yomtav is a derisive. Staying up at best is a minag of the kabbana. It's not a few. Simchus yomtav takes precedence. Fine. Anyway, so that's, that's the side point, and therefore there's no need to stay up. Two nights, if a person wants, like I said, I'm not going to stop anybody. You might tell you, if a person wants to stay it's always great. But definitely, you don't have to. Okay, so that's as far as our second point goes. And that is when Chazal were attacking two days, it was only on the Echad of Yom Tov, and the day of keeping Yom Tov. All the Minhagim which we attach to it, there's no need to repeat the Minhagim all twice. Fine. That's as far as and Shvurs, like I said, Shvurs is only... Because of the other Yamtav, because really we don't have any Suffolk when Shavuos was. Okay, now we come to the famous argument of the Chacham Tzvi. The Chacham Tzvi, and listen carefully guys, because a lot of post game uses the side of the mind, so people should do. The Chacham Tzvi has a question like this. He says, let's say I was somebody living in Chaslites. And therefore, every Yamtav I keep today is because I have no idea when Yamtav is, the Shleach and Yerav two months later. And then at the time, I didn't know what to do. Right, so I have to keep today, I don't understand. But one time I'm going on vacation, I'm going to Eretz Yisrael for circus. And I arrive from there, I'm in Yisrael. And now everyone's getting ready for circus, we're in circus. It's possible to the basement where Makadish Shachar two weeks ago, tonight's circus. So, me, now, the, the business in Eretz Yisrael, right, do I have any Suffolk in circus is? No, I know that circus is because I'm here. And I can see where circus is. So, I asked the Chachon so why should I keep two days? At home, I was like, I had a Suffolk, I didn't know what to do. So, I had to keep two days. But now that I'm here, I know exactly in circus, there's no Suffolk, so I'm going to keep one day. Therefore, the Chacham Tzvi actually passed on this, and the Chacham Tzvi said that people who are in Eretz Yisrael always only keep one day. Right? Then, then the Chacham Tzvi, there's no such thing as Yom Tov in Eretz Yisrael. Why? Because if you're here in Eretz Yisrael, you know when Yom Tov is. There's nothing to have a Suffolk about. So you have to keep one day. And only if people are in Chutzlaretz, they have to keep two days, because in Chutzlaretz, people wouldn't know when Yom Tov is. Now, the MS is, even the Chacham Tzvi was... Uh, his name is Yitzhi Ashkenazi, he was a row of Holland. Right, that's a better news than Ashkenazi, Paisak. Um, the Maisa is, uh, Ravadi Yosef, another other Saudi Paisak came, held like the Salah of the Maisa. And that is that someone in Eretz Yisrael has to keep one day. Which is what you do about the Zad of the Sfarim, but only keep one day Yom Tov, even though they live in America and they only happen to be here for Yom Tov, because they, uh, Ravadi passed like it's Chachman Tzvi. In Eretz Yisrael, there was no reason to keep two days. But you know, you, you would have known when Yom Tov was because you were here. Why keep two days? However, Why does he say the whole thing about if you would live here and everything? He doesn't. He says if you hear just the Yomtev. Right? Now, however, most of the Ashkenazi poets, all of them, don't pass like the Chachamsi. Why not? The logic is good logic. Why not? So they come back to the point we said before. And they said that the reason is, is because today no one is a Suffolk. We all know what Yomtev is. So the reason we're keeping two days today is not because we didn't know. And now, oh, now you know, because you know it's Israel, you don't have a Suffolk. 
The reason I keep him two days today is because that was Chazal said, keep the minag you always kept. You have to keep your minag. And if that's the case, my minag was to keep two days. And even if I'm in Israel, I didn't change my minag. And if that's the case, all the, all the other posts can hold. That doesn't make a difference today. If, even if you come from Chutzlaretz, but if right now, and you're right now in Israel, since your minag from Chutzlaretz is to keep two days, you have to keep two days. You have to keep your minag. It's a mechiyachiyah to keep the minag. Okay, so that's the case that it becomes the din of minhagim. Just like every other minhag. If I was in a place where the minhag was, let's say, as Nashkenazi, my minhag is not to eat kidneys. So even if I happen to be now in a place where everyone, everyone's fired and they do eat kidneys, I'm not going to keep my minhag. My minhag is not to eat kidneys. If I'm in a place where my minhag is to dive in a certain nusach, even if I'm diving in the shore, everyone's diving in a different nusach, my minhag is my nusach, I have to keep my minhag. In other words, it's no longer a din of sofek, it becomes a din of minhagim. It becomes a din of minhagim. And if that's the case, it doesn't make a difference where I am right now. My minag I grew up with was keeping two days, I have to keep two days. My minag was to keep one day, I have to keep one day. Is it a dinner minhagim? Right. Because of this, it's interesting. The Hassan Saif writes that last is love, there's still two days, Yantaf. Oh, there's, uh, like we said, there's telephones and emails, whatever it's going to be, and everyone will know what the Khayish was. It's a dinner minhagim. I mean, it's a different kind of a day. Okay. And now comes the big question. And that is, how does a person change the minag? A person isn't stuck with the Iminak for life. It's not like if a person has the Iminak, like we said, Allah Ashkenazi, not to eat kidneys. So his whole life is not going to eat kidneys. Right? Then nothing's going to change. Right? Here, the, here, the Iminak is, there's no like a category of Klai Israel called Bnei Israel and a category of Klai Israel called Bnei Chutzlaret. You can change. You can change. So the Iminak a person has when he's a Ben Chutzlaret is to keep two days. The Iminak a person has as a Ben Israel is to keep one day. How does a person change status from being one in either direction, from being one to being the other one? In other words, when do you say, I'm no longer a Ben Chutzlaret, now I'm a Ben Yisrael, and therefore the halacha of the price means I keep one day. Or the reverse, I'm no longer a Ben Yisrael, I'm a Ben Chutzlaret, and now my halacha is to keep two days. What does it need in order to change from one to the other one? So, on this point, the halacha gives us two starting points, and from that it becomes today a lot, a lot of makhlaikasim, and the reason why it's like that is because today it's not difficult to travel from Israel to Chutzlaret. Maybe the last few months it has been. But let's say until now it was very easy to travel to Israel and back. You jump on a plane, feel that you're there. You want to go back, go to the plane, feel that you're back again. It wasn't a big deal. Right? If you're talking about even a hundred years ago, in the time of the Chafetz Chaim, to come to Israel was a huge story. You have to travel by wagon to the nearest ship, to the nearest port, and take a ship for a few weeks by sea to get to Israel. An idea of going up and down, no one did that. You go, if you're moving, you're moving. You know, you're, not, you're not going just for a pleasure trip to Israel when it takes you two months to get there. Right? It was, uh, so then it was much more clearer. If a person's moving to Israel, he's moving to Israel. Right? Everyone said goodbye to him and wished him uh, to enjoy the rest of his life and then expect to see him again. And the whole story is moving to Israel. Right? Today, it's not like that. People can go up and down to Israel a few times a week. It's not, just the fact that you went somewhere means nothing. And that's the case. The question today of at what stage do we say a person's moved, or do we say he's just visiting, or he's a tourist, or he's coming back, or he's not coming back, becomes much more real, because it's very easy. Mashenka, then, if a person moved to Eretz Israel, the Pshat was he's moved to Eretz Israel. So there's no questions asked. That now he's part of, now he's become Eretz Israel. Which is why we don't find the poets can discuss this question to This question is then. If a person moved to Eretz Israel, he's now been Eretz Israel. If a person moved out of Eretz Israel, the Chutzla, he's now been Chutzla. Because then, moving meant a permanent move. But today, when moving is not a permanent move, so now it becomes a real question, at what stage do we say a person has moved, and what stage the person is just visiting, and he's going to go back again. Because the visit doesn't have to, it doesn't change his minhagim, it's what we call da'at al-akhsa. So there's two, there's two terms in halacha that halacha uses, 
and which I'll explain. And then we'll see how today so many Rabbanim have different interpretations of these two terms, and that's why there's so many different opinions about how many days a person is going to keep. The one opinion, the one word in Halakha uses is Do you want to go back? Are you here because you want to be here? Or are you here temporarily but you have intention to go back? That's the one. The other word Halakha uses is Akar Dirasa, which means I've moved my house. What's the context of I've moved my house? Now, if my whole house is in America, I came for a week, I'm staying in a hotel. So, of course, you're going back. Your house is there. But you just came to visit. But if a person moves, he picks all his things up and he moves them here. So, does that mean more permanence? Is that something which is now, because he moves his whole house here, does that mean he wants to be here? People that are, they, they, so they will keep here for like a year or two and they bring, they live here, but they don't bring all their oh, stuff. Now, the question is like this. Why are we have questions today? Because when we said a person's died to Laksa, well, how soon? A lot of people come to Israel, they want to be here for a few years. At the end of the day, they're going to go back. So you're going to ask them, is it your diet to go back to America? Yes. Back. Some people tell you yes eventually. Some people tell you yes in you know, 10 years' time. And some people tell you yes in a year's time. So what's the, when do we say halakhic is still called diet to Laksa? And what about if it's not based on time? It's based on circumstances. If someone said, that's the last, you want to go back home? Yes, when? Well, when I can't afford to live here anymore. And how, when's it going to be? I don't know. In the meantime, things are great. Right? But if one day I run out of a so I'm not going to stay here. I'm going to go back. Right? Is that called Dayat Al-Aqsa? He intends to go back? Or just, maybe things will work out for him. Right? That's our first question. Second question. When we talk about Akar Dirasa, that a person moved their home from there to here, what does that mean? Let's say a person just got married. So he doesn't have a home anywhere. So now he rents an apartment in Yerushalayim, and he has a furnished apartment, and is that called Akar Dirasa? He didn't move this far he got from his bar mitzvah yet. Let's go at home. Besides, but is he living here now? What about people who are wealthy? They have two homes. So they come for sugars, the holiday house in Rukhavi. Is that Akar Dirasa? No, he still has his house in Fatbush. But he's here now, and this is also his house. So how do we deal with these things? What, what's the gather in Halakha of Akar Dirasa? What's the gather of that Al-Aqsa? Okay, so now, therefore, I'll, like I said, there are many differences between different points came about exactly what the cutoff point is. The concept's always the same. The concept's always the same. It's just different in application. The different person have a different way of looking at it. So the, the first principle is like, is like this. In order to say that a person's moved from Chutzlar to Israel, there has to at least be a realistic possibility of him living in Israel. The fact that he's here right now, but there's no long-term possibility of him staying here, doesn't mean he's moved here. It means he's visiting here. And therefore, what the first thing Postic looks to see is how realistic is it that you're going to stay in Israel? Now, let's break it down. So, what's going to make it, what's going to be convincing to say that it's a realistic possibility you're going to stay in Israel? What's going to convince us? So, there are a few factors which you're able to take into account. Number one is, well, firstly, are you a Bach or are you married? Why? Because if a person is married, and then there isn't the obvious reason why he's going to leave. But if a person says, no, I'm a bacher, but so at some stage you're going to start shidduchim. So if that's going to be a reason for you to go back to Chutzlar, so go and shidduchim, so then for sure you're not in a matter where it's right to stay here because there's an obvious factor what's going to cause you to move. Right? Similarly, if a person is still being supported by his parents, and if they're going to say, okay, come home now, it's enough, what's he going to do? He doesn't have an income on his own. So then for sure he's going to have to go home. If that's the case, again, you can't realistically say, I want to stay here, when there are obvious factors which are going to work against that. But let's say a person is already married, and he decides he wants to live in Israel. So the next question going to be is, is that financially viable? Right? If a person can't afford it, so based on what you're going to live in Israel? 
Right? Now, it doesn't mean every living Israel has money. Right? It just means they don't have options. Right? If a person who has the option of, well, if I run out of money, I'll go back to Chuzlaret, right? so then if that's going to be affected by you, so then, then unless you have a stable income or something which you can assume is a stable income, then the person isn't, hasn't decided I'm going to move to Eretz Israel because there's an obvious reason which is interfering with that. If a person's convinced, there's no way I'm sending my kids to Israeli school, right? then that's also a factor because then you decided I'm not staying in Eretz Israel. At a certain stage, I decided my rush, I'm leaving Eretz Israel. So then it's time to Lachsa, right? So now the question is just one more question. So if a person says, no, I love Eretz Israel, I want to stay in Eretz Israel, yeah, who knows what's going to be? Maybe things will change, but in the meantime, I'm good to go over here. And you ask a few more questions, one second, you have your family here, do you have an income here, are you, are you happy with the system over here? Everything great. Okay, then we can think about it seriously that this is a person who has no plans to move, he has no reasons to move. If that's the case, we can say he's going to stay here. Some person can put up to time, they say they're going to be here for five years, some say they're going to be here for ten years, some say just some, you have any plan to go back at any stage. But whatever it is, the person wants to get a feeling for for how much is it, has a person decided that he wants to stay in his shop. Can things change after that? Yes, they can. And does that mean that the person made a mistake? No. Based on the situation at the time, that was right. I'll give you an example. I had one person in my kodal. Now, normally my kodal are guys who, the point of the kodal is to produce Rabbanim who then go out around the world and become Rabbanim wherever they're going to be. So most people in the kodal for sure keep in two days because that's the plan. Right? They're here to get their smechans and to get practices in Europe and then we send them out to all over the world to, to take a position. So as a day to the hockey, they're on their way, they're planning to go. We had one particular case of somebody who, he told me he wants to stay in Israel. Why? Because in the years he's been in the Kodal, his parents and his parents were both made aliyah. And he has his own house in Rechavia. And besides that, he has an income here. So why in the world would we go to Chastos? His family is here, his in-laws here, his parents are here, his house here, his job here. So he wants to keep one day. I'm 100% right, I agree with you. In a circumstance like that, it sounds like you've moved to Eretz Israel. Keep one day. A year later, you moved to Chastos. Why? He's given a, a job off in the Shul summit to become a rov. He couldn't turn it down. He left. So now you're going to keep him two days. Did he make a mistake by keeping one day? No, he didn't. Because at the time, it was his decision. He wants to stay here. Can things change which you didn't expect? Yes. It doesn't mean that the original decision was wrong. Okay, so that's our first question. Our first question is, uh, uh, well, how much do you really intend to go back? And how much does the person say, no, I want to stay here? Now, what always becomes the, the question mark is the person says, I haven't thought about the future. Right now, I'm happy here. I know it's going to be in a few years' time. Right now, I'm here. Things are good. I'm happy. I'm going to go back to You ask me what's going to be in a few years. Who knows? So now what do we do with that? Is that considered a dietary laxa or a dietary laxa? Sorry? Person married. Person married. He's married. He had a great channel showing that he's back for year number two. And now he thinks, actually, I should be keeping one day. Like three people came to me today to ask that question. Right? They've been married a year already. They're loving her. It's It's great. Maybe they should keep one day this year. And I asked him, one second, what's the long-term plan? Long-term plan? Who knows long-term plan? Right now we're here. So everything's good. So what do you do with something like that? So we have to go to now our second question. And that is the Oka de Rosa. Which means how much does the person actually settle down here? Right? Now, how are you going to find that? A person who's living, like in the famous Marshall Chafetz Chaim, you know, he's living without any of his things because he's just a visitor. So that's the case. If you're just a visitor, then you're going back. But if a person set up his house and he's trying to make, like, bring all these things over and make things the way he wants them to be, so you can see maybe this is his home. He's like trying to set up home here. If that's the case, then okay, that gives a certain permanence to it. Right? 
if you're just living in a, a rented apartment and you don't want to spend money on anything because anyway it's only temporary, and you don't want to bring you buy furniture because anyway it's only temporary, you don't want to invest in an air conditioner because anyway it's only a short term. So then a person is not Akadiras, he hasn't moved here. He's, he's, he's here temporarily and he's living like he's here temporarily. If a person feels this is my home and I want to make it the way I want it to be and I want to live here, that's a different thing. Then you then the person makes it so to speak, he's prepared to make it the way he wants it to be because he wants to live like that. Then we can see a certain level of a certain level of Akadirasi, he's moved to Tomia, and then we consider it to be one day. Now, I'll tell you two very interesting stories, which we had in our Okay, normally the halakha is that the whole family goes together, right? If, 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 I mean, hopefully the family stays together, and if that's the case, either they're all keeping one day, or they're all keeping two days. If the family's moving back, they're keeping two days. If the family wants to stay here, they keep one day. There's two interesting there's two interesting points here to think, consider. So I'll tell you a story. The story happened like this. There was a wedding between a boy from Israel and a girl from America. And uh, the wedding was this happened a few years ago. The wedding was in Lagvaime in America. So the husband traveled to America to get married there. And the dream was that it would take her a few weeks to finish whatever degree she was doing. And in the summer they're gonna to move there to Israel and live in Israel. And then she was happy to live here long term. Her husband was from here, his family was from here, whatever it was, they agreed to live here. Just, they were there for a few weeks until she could finish her degree, and in the summer they were planning to move here. So they called out before Shvurs, and then Shvurs was leaking. Right? Again, the husband went there to get married, like Boehme, and now in America, they're coming back in a month, and a month, so half time, they're going to live in Israel. How many days was leaking? So, based on the rules of giving you a voice, let's think about it. Let's talk about him first, the husband. Did he have any intention to live in America? No. He went to get married for a few weeks to come back to Eretz Yisrael. Right? He had no half a minute to live in America. That wasn't the plan. It was just a temporary. If that's the case, was he Akar Diras? Did, did he move to America? No. Did he intend to come back to Eretz Yisrael? Definitely. He has his ticket back already. Right? So for the Chosen, Chosen, he keeps one day. He kept one day before. He keeps one day now. He never became Ben Chosen. He stays in Eretz Yisrael. What about the girl? The girl, the master, she was brought up in America. She's still in America. She wants to go to Eretz Yisrael, but has she ever been there? No. If that's the case, she still has to keep two days. Right? If she moved to Eretz Yisrael, and I can say she's moved. This is awkward, right? She moved to Eretz Yisrael, okay, now she wants to live here, she keeps one day. But in the meantime, she's still in America, she hasn't gone anywhere. So in that case, it's actually interesting fact. The man keeps one, and then he keeps two. And then someone, so someone left to make Yiddish for the second day Yontif. Right? There's nothing to do. He's a banner of Israel. She's a basketball star. No one's, she hasn't moved yet. No, he hasn't moved. So they married each other separate day. And because of this, which is, uh, it sounds like a strange psak, but there's, there's nothing else you can do with it. There's, because of this, we come to our next interesting point. And this is uh, also an interesting halacha. Let's say you have parents in Israel. Americans. They're here for a few years, but they have every intention of going back. Right? They just have years because he's learning, because they're enjoying it, because whatever it is, it's a great place to be, Ruchnis took wise, but they have they know they know already. In two years' time, one year's time, whatever it's gonna be, they're on the way back to Khostaris. What what halach would we give them? Two days. Right? You you never intended to live in Israel. You were here for an extended visits, but two days you intend to go back. Okay, good. In the meantime they had a few kids. Kids were born here, the kids who grew up here, the kids are now four years old. What's his name? What's that? Oh, the kid. He's never been anywhere. He grew up in Eretz Israel. He's lived his whole life so far in Eretz Israel. If that's the case, he's been in Eretz Israel. When the parents went back to America, so now he's moved to America too. But in the meantime, he's in Eretz Israel. If that's the case, just because the parents are keeping two days, doesn't mean he has to keep two days. 
he's a chayven one day. He started up here. And because of this, it's an interesting fact, and our book also passes like this, that the parents who keep a second day of can send the kid to God. He's only keeping one day. Right? Uh, if a kid will be a bit older, if a kid is an adult, it will be more of a question. But Lemaisa, that's the din. If a person starts off somewhere, that's the din he gets. If he has to move somewhere, then he can say, does he want to move backwards? He decides to move to, and stay in a new place where he is. Okay, so that's the din of two days and one days. Therefore, like I said, when it comes to Bachrim, we always say, Bach has a din of wherever you started off. Until you're married and you decide to build your own house, it's not called Akhadi Rasa. When a person gets married and decides to make his own home, now the question is, what does he have in mind? Right. Is he here temporarily? Is he here permanently? Is he here when he's not sure? That'll make a big difference in trying to understand what's considered that he's now moved to somewhere else. You see also if it's for like a very... Five years, sometimes it's six years, sometimes it's ten years. That if it's for a long enough time, if you see right now you want to stay, live here, it's called long term, that's considered you want to live here. Yeah, but I know people who were here for like ten years, they have two days, they have two days, they always plan. So that's different, because they never decided to be here for ten years. They keep thinking, we're going back, we're going back, we're going back. So they never made up their mind, we're going to be here for the next 10 years. But if someone comes and says, right, I want to bring up all my kids here, after all my kids are married, I'm going back. That's 30 years' time, 40 years' time, whatever it's going to be. Okay, so now they've made a commitment to be here for that long, and if that's the case, then how long is it they have been of now that now they're here? What's the difference? Like, if they're planning going back in 40 years, or planning going back in 3 years, what's the difference? Because it's not considered a It's not considered a moved well, what's the cutoff point? Yeah, what's, what's That's what I said. Uh, I don't have a response for it. I know Rabbi Yashar said five years, and another person said six years, whatever it is. It's enough of time. We consider that's considered something permanent. Okay, now there's one more I want to talk about. And this is the to this. And that is, um, what's the din of, this is the to all of us, what's the din of a Ben Chutzlaret in Eretz Yisra? And we're talking about the reverse. What's the din of a Ben Eretz Yisra in Chutzlaret? In other words, if I'm not keeping what everybody else is keeping, the place is keeping one din, I'm keeping a different din, what am I allowed to do, what am I not allowed to do? And this is very, very nagar. Very, very nagar because at least for all of us, it's nagar one way, and for a person, like I said, we'd be visiting Chosla, it's nagar the other way. Okay, so now we have a rule, and the rule is let us go to do, which means you can't look noticeably, noticeably different to everybody else. Right? If everyone's doing one thing and you're acting differently to them, it looks wrong. And now because of this, there's a very big difference. Which means, if, let's say, you, Ben Eretz Yisrael, you're in Chotzlaretz, and everybody there is keeping Yom Tov, right? They're all busy checking the little and saying, oh, no, Hashem, it's Yom Tov, and I want to go driving my car, because I'm only keeping one day. It's awesome. If all the Jews in this place are keeping Yom Tov, so for me to act differently to them is awesome. And even though, even, one second, even, we'll go to examples in a minute, even though people know that he's an Israeli, right? They know he comes from Eretz Yisrael, it doesn't make a difference. When everyone's keeping Yom Tov, you can't notice any difference in not keeping Yom Tov. Therefore, it's also for me to do Malacha in Chutzla Eretz and Yom Tov, Tov Shani. It's also for me to do Malacha in Chutzla Eretz and Yom Tov Shani <coughs> because like this guy did Not because everyone thinks that maybe I'm, I'm, I'm like them. They know I'm from Eretz Yisrael. But I can't notice to be doing different to what everyone else is doing. Right. Similarly, I can't go to Shul where everyone's diving Yom Tov and put what are you doing? Everyone's giving you a nose ring, so why are you trying to be different? Right, so it's also for me to act differently to everybody else. I'm a khuyib to Puran Tfilin. That doesn't change. It's a mitzvah deraisa. For me, it's not the other. I'm a khuyib to Puran Tfilin. We'll have to do it privately. We know can see me. I can't noticeably act differently to what everyone else is doing. It doesn't just apply to mitzvahs like I say. It'll apply to mitzvahs I say as well. This is a very common question people ask. If I'm only keeping one day, 
Everyone's turning down to the second side. What do I have to do? What do I have to do? And when she finds him, both basket, sit down with him. Now I can't make the brachas of the side, it's not, it's not Saturday night for me, but I have to be there and participate because otherwise, well, why are you being different to everybody? Everyone's keeping Saturday night, what are you doing? Now, if I'm in my own apartment, right, um, let's say I went to the Chutzla to Yantaf and I hide my own apartment there, so no one knows what I'm doing at home. Whatever's sitting in there has been inside, I can do what I like. Then it's true, I'm not going to keep inside because I'm not looking different. But if you're in a place where everyone's doing something, you have to do the same. You have to do the same. For this reason, Moshe wouldn't allow the Eretz Yisrael and Chutzla to make their own minyan. Even if there were to be ten in Eretz Yisrael or in Chutzla to Yantaf, no one like their own minyan, they're not because for them it's a regular weekday. And Moshe wouldn't allow it. They just go to do yeah, everyone's keeping it. Don't be different. Okay, that's one way around. What about the other way around? You have Nechot's lesson in Israel. So Lechor by Rats should be the same thing. But everyone else is keeping Chol. Why are you keeping it? Lechor should be the same thing. Except here it's different. Allah is not like that. Why? Because since the Ma'as said there's so many Nechot's lesson in Israel, it doesn't look like a strange thing if people are giving it to Shem. Right? And therefore, if uh, it's muttered to... Uh, this is something which has changed slowly over the years. It used to be a very rare thing for people to come to visit Israel. Like we said, if people move to Israel, they're living here. To come just to visit was kind of impossible. If that's the case, then this rule would apply. So just go ahead. Don't be different. You want to keep your of shining, keep your of shining by yourself. Don't openly show you're keeping your of for no one else's. But today, since the Baal HaShem, there's so many people here, and there's so many people keeping your of shining, it doesn't look like you're doing something different. It's, it looks like there are a lot of people doing that. It's not, I'm not being different to everybody. But no, but now it's clear what you're doing. It's not like you're trying, you don't, you're not being different by being like this. You're being part of the other group. It's like in a place where you have Svarim Rashkanazim. If I keep in the minag of the Svarim, no one's going to say being different. We know there's a minag like a minag like that. So here in Israel, where there's so many people keeping Yantar Shani, if a person wants to keep Yantar Shani, we don't have a problem with that. There are enough people doing it. If you're in a yeshiva that's keeping Yantar Shani. Now, because that is a very interesting thing. If I'd be a banner in Israel, but I'm going to a place in Chutz where there are no Jews. I'm going on business to, I don't know what, Nigeria. Nigeria. Some African country, there are no Jews there. So I point there, find myself there for Yom Tov. The halacha is, if I'm in a place where there are no Jews, I don't have to keep Yom Tov Shani. If I'm a banner in Israel, the only reason to keep Yom Tov Shani in Chutz is because I can't be different to everybody else. But there's no one I'm being different to. No one here is keeping Yom Tov. If there's no Jews here, Bichla. If that's the case, I don't have to keep Yom Tov Shani. The dinner Ben Eretzor has to keep the dinner of Yom Tov Shani Chutz is not because he's in Chutz it's because the Bnei Chutz Laaretz who keep him two days, he can't be different to them. And I'll, I'll give you a very practical enough for me. What's the dinner of Eilat? The question we'll talk about is, what's the dinner of Eilat? Eilat is not part of Eretz Yisrael. It's clear. Eilat is not part of Eretz Yisrael. If that's the case, Lichayra, you should keep two days there, right? But no one does. No one does. They think it's part of Eretz Yisrael, everyone keeps one day. But rightly wrong, whatever the reason is. If I would go to Eilat, for whatever reason, I shouldn't be, but let's say I land after Yom Tov, right? I would keep one day. Why? Because that's my benefit to show, I'm only having one day. Ella what? You've gone to Chutzlaret, but it's a Chutzlaret, so everyone's giving one day. Rightly wrong, whatever the reason is, but Lema is, since no one's giving two days, I'm not looking different. If you came from Chutzlaret to Eilat, you have to give two days, that's partial. Someone actually lives in the lot of my suggestion, two days. Yes. Yes, it's not Eretz Yisrael. But if no one's doing that, and unfortunately no one's doing that, then I wouldn't be being different by being by doing what they do. So I wouldn't have to be different. I wouldn't have to give two days if I'm going there as a banner of Israel because the dinner of Israel is just be like everybody else. And this brings me to the last one I want to talk about. And that is, the Chutzlar is like we said in Israel, I gotta keep two days, have separate minyanim, keep you on to everything else. But Lema, so what can I ask a banner of Israel to do melacha for me? 
can ask that for me. I want to, I want fresh food. So I want the cook in the yeshiva to cook for me. She's giving one day, so she's allowed to cook. So I want to do it for me. But like these restaurants have a thing that if you pay us up front, you can come eat Yom Tashan, you'll prepare your fresh food. It's the Mutta Zerasa. So the halacha is like this. For a Ben Yisrael to do melacha on, on second of Yom Tov in Eretz Yisrael is fine. It's not Yom Tov for him. For the Ben Chutzlar to get Hanar from it is fine. There's no reason not. Right? The only question is, can, you, as, can a Ben Chutzlar ask a Ben Yisrael to do the melacha? That's a different question. Can you ask him? Because maybe the dinya of Amira, to ask him to do melacha is also for me to, to ask him to do melacha. Just like I can't ask a guy to do melacha. Even though the guy is doing it, and that's okay, but I can't ask him to do it. So there's a big myth like this. Am I allowed to ask Ben as, uh, as someone who's keeping one day to do melacha in Dovshani? Which means if he chaps on his own and does the melacha, that's fine. If he walks into the room and sees the lights and says, guys, I'll switch it out of you, I'll switch it out on for you, whatever it is, that's okay. Right? And if their job is to provide the entrepreneur and yeshiva and they're going to come and cook fresh food, that's fine. They're allowed to work. The question is, can I ask them? They did have Maya Mira to ask one else to do melacha. This is a big myth like this. Rav Moshe was machmir be'etzem, the other person who made and therefore, I want to say, the man says it's better to avoid it. Even if you want something done, you, again, like we always say in Shabbos, you can hint to what you need to do. But to, to ask him first, can you please do this for me? Uh, if you're at Yantaf, you shouldn't do that. Um, that's one halacha. And then the last halacha, which I mean, there are many halachas, but what I want to talk about now, the last halacha, what's the Yantaf Shani, is that. The, the, the mitzvahs are say of Yom Tov applied to Yom Tashani in the same way. Not just the Melacha, and therefore the mitzvah of Simchus Yom Tov, the mitzvah of Basaviyah, and the mitzvah of Yom Tov, whatever is going to be the mitzvah of Seyav Yom Tov, applied Yom Tov Shani also, and therefore if a person is keeping two days, provided he has the mitzvah of being Sameh, or in, of doing things which you're going to enjoy Yom Tov with, and both of them equally. So,